John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. It's the High Gain Podcast. High Gain Podcasty time. Yeah. John, where are we recording from today? Beautiful West Seattle, Washington, United States of America. That's great. It's an okay day. It's got some fog rolling in off the water. Fog is my favorite weather of all time. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Makes for a nice walk up here. Yeah. What are we going to talk about, John? We're going to talk about guitars. Late 50s design aesthetics, wackadoodle choices that people in the past made looking towards the future. Yes. Surprise, I didn't do my homework, John. Okay. (laughs) We're going to get into the guitar and everything. Yes. But without doing homework and knowing what John has prepared. Yes. I think we're going to get into space stuff. Maybe. I think we probably could. I saw a picture the other day, maybe on Reddit or Twitter, and it was like the space race. And there were like 20 milestones. Uh-huh. First man-made object into low Earth orbit, Russia. First man into space, Russia. First woman into space, Russia. First animal into space, Russia. First object on the moon, Russia. First object on another planet, Russia. The last one is first man on the moon, America. We won. And we haven't stopped winning since. Sure. First exorbitantly rich space tourist. Oh. First aging actor guy, space tourist, William Shatner. Yeah. We just keep winning. Yeah. So maybe we'll talk about some of that stuff.
beverages in? Day after day. Yes. <laughs> what if I didn't know who that was? Once again, we have not been able to get our man Jimmy Watkins. Shout out to Jimmy Watts. Jimmy Watts. Jimmy Watkins, yeah. Yeah, scheduling stuff. You know how it is when the really cool people get busy? Yes. Like myself and Ed. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's hard to fit in cooler people like Jimmy Watts. Uh-huh. We're going to try to reschedule that, but in his honor, I have again chosen a band from Wales. Care to guess? I can totally hear the song. Who was that? That was Badfinger. Yeah, I don't think I would have ever gotten that. I don't like <laughs> I don't know anything about those guys. They're Welsh? They're Welsh. They were one of the first bands signed by Paul McCartney to the newly formed Apple record label. Oh. Thinking about that song, I can totally see that. Badfinger. Badfinger. What are you drinking it? Oh, I've got a cup of black coffee. And then you have possibly the world's smallest beverage. You could probably fit it's... your whole hand around it and hide it from people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't see that. Yeah. It's 3.7 ounces, 110 milliliters. That's a small beverage. So Fresco Detox Apple Cider Vinegar Raspberry. No logo, no nothing. There's a little cloud with a smiley face. It looks completely medical. Yeah, I think it's kind of... Is this a medical beverage, Ed? It's a detox beverage. I don't know what that means. It's 100% fruit and vegetable juice, apple pomegranate, raspberry, apple cider vinegar. There you go. I gotta know. Go ahead. We're gonna do this live. Mm-hmm. All right. It's great. Did you just do the whole thing? I couldn't fit all 3.7 fluid ounces in my mouth hole. Now it's gone. I'm detoxed. You can feel the beverage attacking the toxins. There is a war in Ed's gut. In my mouth. Totally a war in Ed's mouth. So fresco detox. Mouth war. What about you? What do you got? I also have coffee. That's a thing we do here. Yeah. And I'm going back to one of the more confusing beverages we've had. Calypso. Do you remember Calypso? The bottle's familiar. Yes. It says, Calypso, taste of the islands. Strawberry lemonade. So far, so good, right? Kind of tropical. Made by the King Juice Company. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Sure. Totally jibes with island vibes. I get a lot of big island vibes out of Milwaukee. How is it? It's very tasty. Sure. Hey, guess what I got here, Ed? You have a flying V, John. Yes, it is a flying V, Ed. The flying V by Gibson. It is V-shaped. It has two humbuckers, two volumes, one tone, and a selector switch. It's kind of arrow-shaped. I am rocking it V-style, man. I got the crotch of that V on my leg. Yep. You can tell me, but I think it was sort of designed to be played that way, right? I do not know that that is the case. Really? This was designed... To look fucking sick. Here's what I know about the Flying V. Lay it on me. It came out in the year. 1958. That is correct. The magic year, we like to call it. If you sure. want to go back in the time machine... Yeah. Like a villain, a super guitar villain, just take a whole bunch of dough with you. Right. And buy up a whole bunch of stuff from Gibson, from Fender, from Gretsch, from Name Your Poison, and then bring it back to the future times and clean up. Yeah, yeah. You might go to 1958. 58, grab a few flying Vs. 
Yep. Grab some explorers. Yep. And you're fucking set. And maybe you're invisible too. Right. Maybe you could stop time too. You get back there and stop time. Mm-hmm. And you're invisible. Okay. Do all those things. Yeah. Sure. Why? Why the Flying V and the Explorer and the whole modernistic series? Again, I have not done my homework, John, but they feel like space racy rockets, mid-century modern. Everything design-wise was going into this futurism. Then president of Gibson, Ted McCarty. Oh no. What happened to him? We lost all Ted in 2001. Okay. Born in 1909. Good run, Ted. You're right, Ed. He wanted something more futuristic Yep. that would kind of reflect the times and the design ethos. But he was a practical man also. He perceived or maybe interpreted the Stratocaster as being like wacky out there futuristic. And so he was concerned with the success of the Stratocaster, which had released in 54. So he wanted Gibson to come up with something... Equally clever, if not better, in, in his mind. Can you imagine that? We see Stratocasters here in 2022, and we're like, that's a pretty normal shape. Yeah, yeah. The double cutaway on it, and the fact that the double cutaways are kind of offset, you know, like not offset guitar, but the top horn goes out more. That's not really a shape that you saw even in the hollow body, jazzy kind of world. Is there anything that looked like that before the strap? Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not quite. Yeah, yeah. it probably is a pretty out there shape. Yeah, that must have, in you know, 1954 style, blown Ted's mind. So come 1957, he's had enough. He needs to get some cats together and think of something futuristic and better, I guess, than the Strat. I guess if you went back to that time and you took the three big boy guitars, the Tele the Les Paul, and the Stratocaster, and you laid them out. Three big boy solid bodies. Yeah, there's an outlier there, and it is for sure the Strat. The Telly and the Les Paul are similar to... To each other, but then they're also similar to jazz boxes and things that are familiar. The cutaways are the same. Yeah, single cutaway. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing too weirdo about the Telly or the Les Paul. So... I think a bunch of people had input into what this new modernistic series was going to be comprised of or how it should look. But in the end, who designed the Flying V, Ed? Oh. I wouldn't ask if I didn't think you knew. Homework. Did Ed do his homework? Okay, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. This guitar, when it came out, had humbuckers in it. 1958 with humbuckers. (laughs) Lovey. Lovey designed the guitar? Yes. He was at Gibson. We know him as the designer of the PAF humbucking pickup. Man, that is wild to me. Like, I just picture him as pickup guy. Yeah. He named it. Huh. He named it the Flying V. Old Lovey. This maybe came up in a previous episode. I don't know. Oh, Lovey. Yeah, we lost Lovey in 1997. Too soon. Off of a 1910 birth. (laughs) (laughs) Good run. I like it when they have good runs. Yeah. I don't think Morrissey has aged like a fine wine, but 
I think The Death of a Disco Dancer is a fantastic song. Yeah. What are the chords in that? For the people at home? Yeah. You could just play a B bar chord or B power chord. Okay. Take your first finger off the B so that B becomes an A. Leave the rest of the chord there. And then also leaving the rest of the chord there, put your middle finger on an A flat. Technically, Ed, doing that Mm -hmm. is a minor seven. And then move that same finger down Uh to the G note. So essentially the chord remains there. You're just walking down. And then an E. Great. You're rocking uh, the Flint and the Chase Bliss preamp. So these things all come out in 1958 with a couple of weird wrinkles. You said these things, Flying V, Explorer, and Modern. Yes, except the okay. Modern was not released. Right. They shelved it yep. until 1982. I'm not really a fan of the Modern. It's kind of dopey looking. It's so weird and such an outlier in history of guitars. Yeah. I think that's interesting, but the actual silhouette of that guitar is kind of ugly. It is a little ugly. Yeah. The Explorer was originally named the Futura. Sure. And the Flying V. They were not successful, Ed. No. In fact, the Flying V was discontinued in 1959, a year, and less than 100 of them were ever made. <sighs> So if you're that supervillain and you can snatch up like 50 of these bad boys, you are doing okie dokie. Well, you know, if you're going back in time and you're going to do that, you're going to bring a whole bunch of money with you. Mm -hmm. How much money would you need, Ed, when it was introduced? $1958. I have a feeling these guitars were... Space race dollars. Yes. In space race dollars, I have a feeling because (laughs) these are space-based instruments... They were more expensive than the $2,000 today time bar. I think they were above a $2,000 guitar. Okay. The viewers will want to compete with you on that point. Right. Do you have a number in your head, Ed? A number for what this guitar cost in 1958. I'm ready. Okay, viewers, we're going to give you a little time to consider this. No cheating. Before I had this, it belonged to my sister. Used to be dad's, but he never took interest. Before it was his, it was paid for on time. By his father who left it, now it is mine. $372 in $1958 Final answer Final answer Am I way high? You overshot it Yeah I think my initial number (laughs) was in the like 170 range But then I'm like, was this guitar like 55, 6 grand? Was it something crazy? Yeah, I'm sticking to it What did I say, 372? Yeah It was $247.50. I did terrible, folks. You had to be able to beat that. I'm going to guess the majority of our viewership kicked your ass. (laughs) I don't know about that. I mean, come on. 
come on. Today dollars, that's $2,387. Oh, really? It's in that range. I was thinking it was going to be like, this guitar is going to sell like hotcakes and we're going to put a crazy price on it. I don't know. So comparable to a Les Paul. It was in that range. Right. Do you want to know what they said about it in their uh, wildly optimistic literature? The one that caught me since this was such a flop eventually was, uh, quote, a surefire hit with guitarists of today. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they didn't opt for the cautiously optimistic and just went straight up optimistic. And then they had another one that kind of spoke more directly to the shape of the guitar itself. The swept back modernistic lines of this really forward looking instrument will be a real asset to the combo musician with a flair for showmanship. That's just a lot of words, yeah. like marketing blurb. Here's a thing I didn't know. Yeah. At the time when they built this V, mm-hmm. they tried prototypes in mahogany, and mahogany turned out to be really heavy. Sure. Boat anchor style. So they're like, well, let's switch over to limba wood, African limba wood. It's lighter colored. Mm-hmm. It's prettier. Okay. And it's lighter. Great. Yeah, but we can't just be like, oh, look. African limbo wood guitars. Let's just make up something then. We'll just call it something else. Yeah, that's a good idea. So Gibson invented the word Karina. Oh, no kidding. K-O-R-I-N-A. Yeah. Oh, man. When you're talking about Karina wood, you're talking about limbo wood. Yeah. Maybe it's in the mahogany family. I don't know. I did not know that. Yeah. Our example I should mention is from 2006, and it is Alpine White, and it's mahogany. I have a really big soft spot for the Flying V. I just think they're cool. Probably the Gibson Flying V more than the Flying V shape in general. Any 80s style V guitar with points, not into that flavor of the V. Right. Probably a lot of it is just knowing the design aesthetic of spaciness. Yeah. I would love to have a mid-century modern house in Palm Springs with a flying V on the wall. What if it was a 1958 house? 58 house with a 58 flying V. Oh, this house is really expensive, but it's not as expensive as that guitar hanging on the wall. Yes, postscript. If you go back in your time machine to buy that $247 flying V and come back to the today times, perhaps a conservative estimate mm-hmm. because they made less than a hundred of these. Right. Would be, oh, I don't know, like quarter of a million dollars. 250K for yeah. each one of those that you brought back in your secret invisibility cloaked time machine. Just keep that in mind. For every 250 you bring back to 1958, you end up with 250,000 in today dollars. A thousand percent increase. Yes. That's a pretty good return on your investment. Did anyone in 58 and of that kind of 50s batch play this thing like on TV and stuff? I'm glad you mentioned that, Ed. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The story that interested me the most was from a kid. In 1958, a 17-year-old kid actually went to the factory and bought Flying V number 7. The seventh one off the line. Okay. Loved it. Played it his whole career. And he did eventually have a career. Okay. This 17-year-old kid in 1963 hit pay dirt with an album called The Wham of That Memphis Man. Ooh. His name was Lonnie Mack. He is known primarily for upping the game for guitarists in terms of lead playing. Mm. Everybody was like, oh crap, that guy's good. I'm showing Ed the kind of V in the V of this guitar. Right. He installed a metal bar across the crotch of it. 
Okay. So that he could attach a Bigsby to it. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, that's Lonnie Mac. And so he had a hit on that album with the track that was called Wham. And he played the Whammy Bar. And that, Ed, yeah. is why we all call it a Whammy Bar to this day. Oh, my God, John. This show is, it's fun. It, there's witty <laughs> banter from John and Ed, a yeah. little back and forth. And then, boom, out of nowhere, John hits us with this kind of knowledge bomb. People are out there just minds blown. More than a couple of people have just fainted, maybe? Absolutely stroked out. <laughs> stroked out. <laughs> I think. I nearly did. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That was his thing. Not only was he technically amazing, yeah. but he used the whammy bar a lot. So he's 17 in 58, so he was born in 41? That is correct. So do we still have a Lonnie Mac? Oh, no. We lost him in 2016. Okay. But, you know, thanks to Lonnie Mac, we have a term that has traveled the world, the whammy bar. And we can probably thank... Wham UK, you know, we have Lonnie Mac to thank for Wham UK. Oh. Wham, the band. Almost, George Michael. Almost certainly. Uh, damn it. So, 17 years old, dude saved up a lot of money. Yeah. To go to the factory and buy that guitar. Yeah. But it does feel like no conservative guitar player is going to dump two grand twenty five hundred dollars in that time frame yeah electric guitars were a specialist thing yeah everyone didn't have one that shape is just so weird it makes a lot of sense to me that a 17 year old would buy it yeah maybe the kids were like that's cool yeah they've got their little 12 inch spaceman action figure guys that they're playing with those guys A kid would see that and think, like, that's really cool. And any sort of 50-year-old dude who's just been beaten down by life, you know, lived through the war. The wars? Yeah, right. You were alive for World War I, World War II, and Korea. You think these guys want to buy a spaceship guitar? (laughs) No, man. I want to smoke my cigarettes and fucking play my Les Paul that weighs 900 pounds Uh and leave me the hell alone. Give me another gin martini. You think dude whose legs are blown off in the great one, you think he wants a guitar that's meant to be played between your legs? No. No. That's spitting in the face of our great heroes. That's right. Well, nonetheless, by 59, the entire modernistic series goes the way of the dodo. That's such a bummer. Well, as I mentioned, some of the blues cats were picking them up. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, there was a kind of second act for it in 1963. Okay. They didn't make very many of them because they were using up leftover parts from the original run in 58. Oh. The blues guys still love them, though. Even after they used up all the leftover parts, they put it into regular production in 1967. Huh. I dig it. The one you're holding, it's white. It's oddly charming on a flying V. You want to know how this thing sounds, Ed? Oh, sure, yeah. Let's do a quick walkthrough. So I don't have anything on. Mm -hmm. So this is just the two humbuckers doing their magic. And what year is this one? 2006. Okay. 
I don't have any pedals on and I am in the neck. This one's got the, like, what do they call them? Like zebra pickups or whatever? One yeah. black, one white on the bangers? Exposed coils. Yep. And each coil has a different bobbin color. So that's pretty nice. If I go over to the bridge. Now let's put it in the middle. Nice and full. Now if we maybe put a little something something. A little overdrive. 1981 DRV. A lot of frets on this thing. <laughs> 22? <laughs> 22 it. It sounds like a guitar with humbuckers in it. Does that sound like a Les Paul? Yep. Does it sound like an SG? Yup. Does it sound like an Explorer? Sure. You gotta try it. Bye. Bye. I'm going to throw some thoughts in here. Oh. It's a bye, because I just think they're cool. I really like the history. I really like the space thing about them. Yeah. Actually, if Ed were going to put that much money down on a flying V. Well, which much money? 2000 or 10000 2000 two, two, thousand. <laughs> yeah. two grand. If I okay. were going to dump two grand on a flying V. Uh-huh. Dunnable guitars out of LA make a flying V and they have a custom shop and you can get right there in that $2,000, sweet spot, a handmade in the US by a handful of dudes in SoCal, like right, right there in LA. I probably would not get a Gibson. I would probably buy a Dunnable, almost certainly. That is really a good point, Ed, and we've talked about that a few times before, that for any shape you're into or kind of finish or feature set or whatever it is you like, right now, the custom builders are making amazing stuff. Yep. I would buy this too, Ed. Yeah. I'm not really into white guitars. No. But if it was black or... It's weird. I think I've done Deny on a lot of guitars based on, I don't like that one. And for me, I just went buy... On the shape, would I buy that one? Alpine white, white pickguard. Nah. I would probably hunt around a little more and get something I actually yeah. wanted. Well, if you want to see pictures of this, we're going to put them up there. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to ogle them. Yeah. Once you're done doing that, maybe you should go to our website, thehighgain.com. Maybe go to our socials. I don't know. I don't know what you're into. I have no idea what the people are into. Yeah, if, I've tried to divine it, and I cannot figure it out. If we had any idea about that, we would be rolling in sponsorships. We'd be driving the fat Cadillacs. We would probably have someone helping with getting our recording rig working on a weekly basis yeah. and scheduling guests. We are apparently terrible at both of those things. Yeah, I guess we're not the best at any of it. We hope you like it anyway. <laughs> sure. uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Sure. That's a good one. LinkedIn. Pinterest. Okay. Did you have fun today, Ed? I had a great time. All right. Going to come back next week? Probably. Right, no promises. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll play it by ear. Yeah, all I'll right. I'll probably be here. That sounds good. Okay, bye. All right, bye, Ed. <laughs>